I'm Andrew J. Boyle. Welcome to North by Norway. Banknotes. You remember them? Colourful bits of paper with a portrait of some pompous geezer with a silly moustache. Yeah? I'm holding a green Norwegian 50 crown note. It's a recent one, so they've dropped the geezer with the moustache for some maritime motifs a lighthouse, a puffin, all very salty. Bottom left is written in Norwegian Norges Bank. Yeah, that's Norway's bank. And Norway is, of course, spelled Norge. N-O-R-G-E. Let's check the other side. Oh, yeah. Norges Bank. N-O-R... Hang on a moment. <laughs> oh, my goodness. I think I may have a collector's item here. With a printing error. Norge has been spelt Noreg. The E and the G have swapped places. That's astonishing. This 50 crown banknote could be worth as much as 50 crowns. This week's podcast is all about an aspect of Norway's cultural landscape that I find the most intriguing of all, and often the most perplexing. The Norwegian language. Intriguing, not least because for the last few centuries the Norwegian language has been struggling badly with a split personality. Not even the name of the country is spared this cultural schizophrenia. Perhaps Norwegians call their country Norge. Perhaps they call it Noreg. Depends who you ask. How did it get into this pickle? Hmm, was that pickle with an L-E at the end or an E-L? Hmm. By the way, I was recently in one of the tourist shops in Bergen and heard an American couple arguing about how Norge should be pronounced. She went for Norge, as in Korge or Porge. He went for Norge, as in George, Forge or Gorge. She was much closer. Now, altogether, like a football crowd at Norway's national stadium, Ullevål Stadium. Norge, Norge, Norge. Cue the national anthem. The national anthem of Norway, Ja, vi elsker dette land, was not written in Norwegian. Here's a couple more facts about this cultural chaos. The great Norwegian playwright Henrik Ibsen didn't write a single scene of his plays in Norwegian. 
Asbjørnsen and more, the great collectors of Norway's fairy tales. You know, the three Billy Goats Gruff, that sort of thing. The collectors didn't publish them in Norwegian. What's going on? In most post-colonial parts of the globe, especially in Africa and Asia, it's the rule rather than the exception to live with more than one language. However, for people who grew up in nations with only one language, it can be quite a challenge to relate to a culture that has more than one official way of writing and speaking. There are a great many places where people only hear English. The UK, for instance, only has English as an official language. 32 of the United States, only English. To all intents and purposes, these are linguistic monocultures. Before turning to the peculiar case of Norway, I think it might be helpful to consider the fate of another small country with a more familiar history and culture, but where language went through much of the same pressures as it did in Norway. Let's consider for a moment Ireland. Three short quotes. First, the great political leader Daniel O'Connell says this in 1833. Although the language is associated with many recollections that twine round the hearts of Irishmen, yet the superior utility of the English tongue as the medium of all modern communication is so great that I can witness without a sigh the gradual demise of the Irish language. Second, a different approach from the leading activist for the Irish language, Douglas Hyde, in 1892. He says, We must arouse some spark of patriotic inspiration among the peasantry who still use the language, and put an end to the shameful state of feeling which makes young men and women blush and hang their heads when overheard speaking their own language. And finally, poet Seamus Heaney in 1987. Not to learn Irish is to miss the opportunity of understanding what life in this country has meant and could mean in a better future. It is to cut oneself off from ways of being at home. Okay. What does the subjugation of the Irish language have to do with Norwegian? Well, in Ireland, the language of the governing foreigner became the language of power. It was in English, not Irish, that the courts and the parliamentary gatherings were held. It was in English, not Irish, that business was conducted. English was the language of the landed gentry and the judge. Irish was the tongue of the peasant poor. And if any Irishman desired advancement for himself, or some social mobility for his class, 
he'd better get himself some fluent English. If you keep this history of language in Ireland in mind, and the pressures on it from the foreign language of power, you'll have an immediate grasp of what happened to the Norwegian language in Norway. But here, the governing foreigner with all the power was, of course, not English. He was Danish. For several hundred years, Norway was the very much weaker part in a union with Denmark. Danish was spoken from every Norwegian pulpit. The Bible was in Danish, the hymns also. Every law, every parliamentary discussion, every appeal from Norway to the king in Copenhagen was written in Danish. That's right, Henrik Ibsen didn't write his plays in Norwegian, but in Danish. The letters of Edvard Munch, Amalia Skram, Edvard Grieg, written in Danish. When Roald Amundsen conquered the South Pole in 1911, he wrote a letter to inform the King of Norway in Danish. And in 1859, the lyrics of the National Anthem of Norway... You guessed it. After the Napoleonic Wars, Britain, as one of the victors, took Norway from Denmark and awarded it independence? No. No, no, no awarded it to Sweden. Thanks for all your support, Sweden. Help yourself to a Norway, why don't you? However, in 1814, between the Danes leaving and the Swedes arriving, Norway's brightest and best did a marvellous thing. They put in place their own new Norwegian constitution, perfectly adapted to Norway's culture and traditions. For the next 90 years, until full independence was won in 1905, Norway was the weaker part in a union with Sweden, just across the border. And Sweden regarded Norway as some sort of insolent farmhand or footman or fisherman, with ideas well above his station, rather like the relationship between England and Scotland today. One of these uppity ideas was this. Just as in Ireland, Norwegians were inspired in the late 1800s by the number of small nations fighting for independence. Just as in Ireland, huge protest movements got underway to demand equal validity of the old Norwegian language alongside Danish-Norwegian. Let's get this clear there were always two languages side by side. The administrative, urban language, Book Norwegian. When written down, it was identical to Danish. But a great majority of people in rural areas still spoke the old Norwegian dialects. So, people in towns wrote in Danish and called Norway Norge. In the country, people spoke old dialects and called Norway 
nor egg. I hope that was clear, because I'm about to muddy the waters. To raise the standing of the old spoken dialects, to give them some political muscle, the protest movement gathered all the best bits of dialect together into one rural language to be used for writing. This mixture of old Norwegian dialects was then given a different name. And what different name did they come up with for the old Norwegian? They called it New Norwegian. I know, I know, I don't think it's a smart idea either. Took me ten years in Norway to understand what the hell was going on. Anyway, the rallying cry up to our own day has been Speak your own dialect, but write in New Norwegian. Since 1885, both forms of the written language, the Book Norwegian, Danish, and the New Norwegian, mix of dialects, have been legally regarded as official languages. Today we have a strange, topsy-turvy situation. Written language, about 20% use New Norwegian, 80% Book Norwegian. If we change to spoken language, the other way round. About 80% use dialects and 20% speak the book form. Now that's a lot more than speak Irish in Ireland. Today only about 1.5% use Irish in daily life. But then again, completely unlike Irish and English, all forms of Norwegian and Danish and Swedish are pretty similar. All Scandinavians understand each other. The mainland Nordic languages are regarded as a family, a continuum of closely related Scandinavian dialects. Now, to have in your daily life in every word you say or write, this conflict between Danish and Norwegian, this dichotomy between urban and rural, well, it seems to have led to some strange side effects. Perhaps it accounts for a peculiar inferiority complex that Norwegians seem to carry with them, or at least they did up until the ongoing transformation of their society, by North Sea oil got underway. Even when I moved to Norway some 40 years ago, it still bothered Norwegians that their country couldn't be seen to command the same sort of respect on the international stage given to Denmark and especially Sweden. Those two countries had historical clout as ancient monarchies with military power and pretensions to empire. So it was then, when Norwegians, on rare occasions, got one over on their neighbours in any sport, including, of course, 
the Eurovision Song Contest, the outpouring of national joy was passionate and furious, as if its source was a place of real pain. Now, petroleum wealth can't change all that in just one generation, but it is a huge plaster on the sore spot. And what has this got to do with the language? Well, I'm getting to that by a roundabout way. For I've also noted, during my decades in Norway, a rather more trivial expression of this sense of insecurity. Norwegians love to make lists of everything that can be called typisk norsk, typically Norwegian. They have radio and newspaper competitions to crown the most typical Norwegian thing of all. And I've made a bit of a hobby of collecting these lists of all things typically Norwegian. Here, for instance, are the top ten, as voted for a few years ago by listeners to a popular radio programme. In tenth place, Lusekoften. That's a pullover with traditional patterns. In ninth place, Hurtigruten. The ferry service that plies the west coast. Eighth place, the Norwegian flag. Yeah, that's pretty typically Norwegian, I suppose. Seventh, the cheese slicer. Uh, a Norwegian invention, apparently. Sixth, the fjord horse. A short, strong breed favoured by the Vikings. And, in fifth place, the procession of children on National Day. Voted for as typical of Norway in the sense that National Days are more typically celebrated with a parade of military hardware. It's a good point. Fourth, the Norwegian forest cat. (laughs) God knows how that got in there. I've never seen one. Third... The Selbu Mitten. A popular item of knitwear with a special pattern. In second place, Sheringer Mestaven. An old folk song. Almost a nursery rhyme, which everybody hates. And the winner in first place. Geitosten or goat's cheese. Which is also pretty typical of rather a lot of other places outside Norway. Anyway, the troll, the fjord, the North Sea oil and the polar explorer didn't make the cut. To the typical Norwegian, the things that are most typically Norwegian, are fixtures of their everyday lives that are domestic and traditional. Foods, animals, knitwear, an old folk song. All the more surprising then that the most everyday traditional thing that is peculiar only to Norwegians never gets into these lists either. The Norwegian language. Unlike English, which is the official language of 67 countries, Norwegian is the official language in only one. The reason, I suspect, though I've never dared say so to the locals, is that many, many Norwegians don't quite know what to think of the language they speak, aren't sure whether it strengthens their sense of identity or their 
inferiority complex. If you speak dialect Norwegian, you wonder if you would get on better in life if you spoke book Norwegian. You know, like Irish people speaking English. If you speak book Norwegian, you have this niggling thought. You know it's actually Danish, right? And you also suspect that not speaking in the old Norwegian way, well, it's like, well, to remind you of Seamus Heaney's poetic words, it's like cutting oneself off from ways of being at home. Remember that 50 crown banknote? It said Norge on one side and Noreg on the other. Norge is book language, Danish. Noreg is New Norwegian, a synthesis of dialects. But of course, all this about Denmark compelling Norwegians to speak and write in Danish if they wanted advancement. Well, I can't round off today without mentioning that there is also a glaring example of Norway doing something very similar to a weak minority. I've got dual citizenship. I have a British and I have a Norwegian passport. It won't surprise you now to hear that on the front page of my Norwegian passport, both Norge and Noreg are to be found. But look here. My passport carries also a third official way of spelling the name of the country. Norge, Noreg, and also Norga. That's the word for Norway in northern Sami, the language of the Sami people in the far north of Norway. And in that region, it is the dominant official language. In one of the darker chapters of modern Norwegian history, up until about 1980, the state tried to force the Sami to become more Norwegian, to become assimilated into mainstream Norwegian culture at the expense of their own, not least by abandoning their own ancient language. Thankfully, a more liberal approach has been adopted in the last 40 years. Since 1987, the Sami have had their own regional assembly and in 1997, an official apology was offered by the king. So now, on our passports, <laughs> we're not in two minds about how we spell the country's name anymore, but three minds. There's a lot more I'd like to tell you regarding the languages of Norway and how they mould the culture. In fact, the way Norwegians speak is at times so exotic and remarkable, it sets them apart from most of the cultures in Europe. I'll come back to that in a later podcast. But for now, that's all from uh, Norge, or if you prefer, Noreg, or even Norga. Next time, for podcast number 10, I'll present 10 Norwegians. But for now, tak for at du hørte på. Thanks for listening. And if you love the cool north, Tell all your cool friends. <laughs> <laughs>